0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Woldridge. And with me today, I have the amazing Hector Navarro. Hector, say hi to everybody.
0: Hi, everybody. What's up, chat? I see you here in the chat. Get, 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 hi. <laughs> hi. I feel like I need
1: to streamline this because I've, I've basically asked you to say hi three times at this point
0: i'll take it <laughs>
1: which is not okay. I, I feel like it's not fair to the guests but we'll, we'll figure it out uh today today is a very special episode because we're talking about all the announcements that happened over this past weekend at dc fandom it was mm-hmm. a huge mega celebration of everything dc with a bunch of movie announcements from the batman wonder woman 1984 the suicide squad snyder cut uh, a big exciting thing for me is the return of milestone comics <clears throat> a bunch of cool stuff before we get into it uh, Hector, did you have any thoughts, uh, just general thoughts about the event?
0: Yeah, yeah man. I was, um, like a lot of people, really, really, really impressed throughout the entire day. I thought that it was really cool for DC to do this as a substitute for Comic-Con. Yeah. It made me realize how much I actually did miss Comic-Con. Yeah. It made me think, you know what? Comic-Con's not going to be the same after this because I, I can guarantee you companies are looking at this and, and how they were able to pull it off everything being pre-recorded i think was uh, was really smart in a lot of ways because it let them really control sort of what was put out there in yeah. terms of in terms of promotion and everything and i understand the excitement of doing something live but thankfully they still had so much like fan interaction they had mm. fan questions that you know it still felt like that it had that feeling of that but a lot of that stuff was you could tell kind of thankfully you know, trimmed for time. Like yep. like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the awkwardness of doing stuff via Zoom was really smartly edited and everything. I'm, I know I'm, I'm friends with people who've worked in promotion for other companies like Lucasfilm and, and Disney and all this other stuff. And everybody was just really so impressed. So overall, I didn't really know what to expect. And what I really appreciated was the professionalism of everything. Yeah. I also really liked how they interspersed these great, interesting panels and discussions with panelists in between the big movie shit. Yep. So it was like hopefully people were tuning in for Wonder Woman and then they stuck around for like here's what's happening with Milestone. Here's what's happening, you know, on the CW show. Here's what the multiverse is. And then we go right into the Flash movie and here's what – so all that stuff was so smart. And um, and I think that's the best way to get people excited for like this other DC stuff that's not just big movies. And – yeah. Oh, excuse me. That was a LaCroix burp. Excuse me about that. Uh, oh everybody, um,
1: everybody soak in the LaCroix burp.
0: Ooh, LaCroix. Ooh, Mm, LaCroix. But um, I think uh, think that, um, and I'll be frank too, I hosted a couple of panels for DC Fandom, but for the animation and comic book side, which was pushed to September 12th, 13th. They kind of split the day programming and they kind of moved everything there. As far as I know, when that stuff comes out, it's going to be, you can click on it, you can go to an area and you can click on panels at your leisure and watch it whenever you want, like on demand. And there's a part of me that's like, I kind of wish they didn't do that. I kind of yeah. wish it was appointment viewing again. And they lined up all the panels and you would have to have to sit through, but then enjoy a panel of like comic book artists talking about stuff. And then you get to see some animation stuff and then some, you know, Harley Quinn TV show stuff. And then yeah. like, I wish that it was, and because it was exciting that it was appointment viewing. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting at my computer watching stuff and my girlfriend and my roommates were like, coming in and out of the kitchen and everything. I was like, if you guys want to watch this, this is Wonder Woman panel, you know? I don't think they even understood. I'm like, this is live. I can't just, I didn't just click this shit on YouTube. Like this is happening and that's it. So there'd be like, my girlfriend's like talking and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, and I felt rude, but I'm like, no, but this is is not going to rerun until two in the morning or whatever it's happening. So that level of excitement was super cool, overall super impressed. And I'm, and I am looking forward to seeing how, San Diego comic-con and other cons are going to change yeah. because of it. So
1: it's tough because in that sense, because there is that element of, you know, when you go to the con, the live element and being on the floor and all that stuff, but like the aspect of being a part, not only being a part of the panel and not having to wait in the line, um, that engagement. And also like you and I have, have gone to our fair share of com- conventions. And when you get to the fan audience questions, they're never not weird. You know what I mean? They're just always awkward. So this idea where they got to be vetted and edited and incorporated is like, oh, this is good. This is good. I'm into this.
0: Yeah. Listen, listen, half of the fans were like, they would get to ask their question on camera and the other half of the questions, the, the, like the host of the panel would just say them. They'd be like, so-and-so from Brazil asks this. And I'm like, that's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just to, you know, I love seeing fans. I love seeing, I love to see that interaction, but it uh you're absolutely right that that sort of awkwardness that happens with um with these huge events sometimes it's gotten so it can get so out of control i've been we've all been there for those panels where you're just like oh my god did that person really ask that and then and you feel bad because it's like the people like the professional people like are they going to insult the per like it's Mm -hmm. always this really awkward you know thing so yeah yeah
1: so i'm i'm excited when you talk about seeing how it changes conventions i I think you're very right there that it will have an effect. And it's interesting that this is the one, like I feel like Comic-Con online just kind of came and went Comic-Con at home, excuse me, yeah. just kind of yeah. came and went. And this did a better job generating that kind of anticipation and energy than mm-hmm. Comic-Con's own, own
0: online setup. I agree. I think, I think that the reason for that is because it was just DC mm-hmm. and it was super cool and specific. And thankfully they had enough stuff to, Fill out a whole day's worth of programming. A bunch of big companies and brands can still do that. Marvel can do that. Yeah. You know, something like Star Wars can do that. Star Trek can do that. Now yeah. with all of their different shows and everything, and and, and doing different panels. And and the, and Star Trek has like the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas, and that's awesome. But they can absolutely put something like this together to, I think, reach even more people and get them hyped. And then even within an event like that, and I'm talking about the future when it's safe to travel and there's yeah. a vaccine and all that other stuff. But even Star Trek can put something like this out. I'm a big Trekkie, if you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. And then like they could even put a panel to be like, "Hey, here's what's happening at Star Trek convention this year." To just get people hyped to be like, "Oh yeah, I want to go to that. I want to do that. I want to do this." So there's a yeah. Danny M says filtering out awkward questions. Bless. That's what that's what we're talking about. So yeah. it, I think that I think that a lot of big companies can do that, but I think that Comic Con itself still will still need to be the main source of promotion for a lot of different industries and companies, especially comic books. Yeah. And I hope that in the future, DC Warner brothers still shows up to San Diego comic-con and like blows us all away, but they can still do their own fandom thing at another time in the year, you know, yeah. literally six months after comic-con just to like, keep that hype train going, you know, like yeah. that would be really, really cool to see. Um, yeah. And I would of course love to see Marvel do that stuff. And, yep. and, um, and, and, yeah, I think that uh, I think this opens up a lot of. I'm I'm hoping a lot of companies that that are that work with big brands like this, we're really really looking at it and paying attention and going, oh, okay, we can do this. And this is something that can really benefit us.
1: All right, we're going to dive right into the biggest announcements from DC Fandom. But this was an extra special, extra long episode that had to be edited down for time. Hector and I talked about so many amazing things. We couldn't fit it all into one normal podcast episode. So if you want to hear about what Hector was into this week or a discussion about the video game announcements from the event, like Gotham Knights, or Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Plus, we talk about the announcement for Titans Season 3. You can do that by listening to the full unedited episode at patreon.com slash only stupid answers. In the meantime, let's speed right into The Flash. While we didn't get a lot from um, The Flash, we did get some concept art, and one piece of concept art 100% had Michael Keaton's Batman in it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, man, and it's a suit that it's almost like... uh... Uh, here's the flash suit, sort of like the normal flash suit from the comic books, and he's finally getting it after one, two, two movie appearances. Is that how movies? He's, is that how many movies he's been in? He was in Suicide Squad three, so oh, three movie right. appearances. A two and, and a half, that, three and a half, that, if you
1: count the Snyder cut.
0: <laughs> right, three and a half. So he's had that segmented suit, and you know, it, it's it's a thing that I've kind of been a little bit torn on because, on the one hand, I like the idea that like the superhero character that we're familiar with doesn't become their true self until the end of the first movie, the third act of the first movie, maybe even the second movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I like that Peter Parker has the homemade suit, but then like Tony Stark shows up and he's like, just be Spider-Man. Here's the Spider-Man. Suit. Yeah. And I, you know, I- I've had mixed feelings on that because I like the idea that Spidey makes his own suit. But at the same time, I'm like, put him in the, make him Spider-Man. Like, let's yeah. see him in the-, the suit suit. So it was so cool to see the new sleek skin tight flash and people were pointing out, you know, as I was excited about it, people were like, I'm sure that post-production is going to make that stuff look super dope, like lightning and energy coming through. And a part of me is going, I almost just, just wish that he had that from the get. You know what I mean? Yeah. I understand the idea of like, none of these characters are their full realized stuff. Totally. But I didn't have to wait that long for the Aquaman movie. Yep. And then he gets the gold orange, you know, in yep. the third act of that. And for me, that was a dumb, great moment where I was mm-hmm. just like, awesome yeah moa is aquaman he's earned it um so i'm excited but uh yeah I, I i i do wish that he had um and maybe it was because they didn't want it to look too much like the grant gustin i don't know yeah. there's like a bunch of stuff at play i get it but uh it looked really dope and that was totally michael keaton it was so weird yep and that was an interesting panel and and it the, the whole talk about the multiverse has been very interesting because um you know, they were bringing up great points about, look, Flash invented the comic book concept of the multiverse. Yeah, You're not wrong. He absolutely did it in 1960, whatever, or yeah. 1950, whatever, with uh, with the Flash number 123. Yeah. With Jay Garrick and Barry Allen, you're totally right. But these movies have not been going there, yeah. really. And for Spider-Man to come out with Spider-Verse and just do it all in one movie, like, great character arcs for the characters are focusing on super fun, huge love letter to everything. Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, I think it was, it was a triumph that movie. And I think that that probably helped a lot of Hollywood people be like, okay, let's, let's go for it. in the next one, I'm just hoping that like, if they're really going to do this, I am not the biggest fan of the flashpoint storyline for the comics. Yeah. Agreed. If they're, if they're really going to do this, I hope that it does not get lost in, Look how cool this is. Now this Batman's here and yeah. it's like well, cool man, but like it's a Flash movie, you know exactly,
1: what I mean? Exactly. 100% that's my main concern cuz they're like Michael Keaton's Batman, he's going to be the Nick Fury. I'm like what is all this? And then Ben Affleck's Batman and of course the nerd in me that enjoyed all the geeky crossover stuff in Crisis the Crisis CW Crisis of Infinite Earths yep. stuff. Yep. Is like cool Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton, but the Flash fan in me is like but I kind of I, I I want a Flash movie. I actually don't even care if he travels through time at all. In the first movie, he could be fighting the rogues. I That would be yeah. cool, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm worried that it's kind of like, I think Tom, Tom, as an example, I think Tom Holland's Spider-Man is probably the best live action iteration we've had. But I've yeah. been frustrated that all of his movies have been more concerned with iron man than they've been with him and, and I get I'm, that. I'm worried that flash is going to be similar with batman like hey what's going right. on with batman it's like well it's a flash movie so i kind of don't care
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no i get that i i i think the difference is is that to me at least it feels like and maybe i'm giving them way too much credit but it feels like again they cast tom holland young because they're like hey man we're getting eight Harry Potter movies out of you. Yeah. This this first one's just the first one. Like you're a kid, you're in high school. We're getting the, we're we're in this for the long haul and there will be those classic spidey just Spider-Man moments. And End of Far From Home I thought was great is he's yeah. swinging through New York kind of for the first time when I'm like yep. holy shit, like this is cool. He he picks up MJ and she's freaking out. Put me down. I'm like this is great. Just them two, this is wonderful. And then J Jonah comes in. Yeah. And then the the cliffhanger ending I loved all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 second entire movie being about the vacation and Mysterio. I love Mysterio in that movie, but he's in Europe, and I'm like, that's cool, but I want Spider-Man yeah. you know in the heart of New York. Um his first movie fighting Vulture, Vulture, I love Vulture, but I, I also feel like those two movies suffer from Sony executives or some executives being, well, look, the first Spider Man movie was Green Goblin, yeah. the second Spider Man movie was Doctor. I'm like, no, oh, no, no, hang on, hang on. So this, is, this, this nope, that's not that's yeah. not true we have to move past that thinking because you could potentially be cutting out great and necessary character stuff just because, well, a previous movie that yeah. we did 10 years, 20 years ago yeah. had that character. So we're not going to use that oh character. It's like, God, but that, it has been but 20 reason, years ago.
1: It has been a 20 years you, ago. Shit.
0: There's a reason you did that character. There's the, you know, there's a reason, but, um, you know, Christopher Nolan avoided all the big Batman villains for Batman Begins, but by the second one, he goes, "Okay, I've earned it. I'm doing Joker." Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just keep running through all the rest of the villains until we run out before I decide to start over. We're starting over. I'm hoping that the Flashpoint movie can focus on Barry Allen, make us care about him. Um, you know, I don't know. It's it, it's. I saw a lot of people talking about the Ezra Miller stuff yesterday too. That's yeah.
1: weird. It is weird
0: because it's weird just because like. There's a lot of people that are fans of those movies that are very, very, very aware of every single little thing that people do online, Mm -hmm. big and small. They're very aware of like, look, man, if the Justice League Joss Whedon set was an abusive set, those people need to be held accountable. I agree. Those people need to be held accountable. You know, they're put, they're put out an investigation and I, and I see a lot of people that I hope truly do care about that and don't just care about, well, my favorite, you know, movie and my favorite director and my favorite actors, like they, they were frustrated by this. so Let's go get them. It's like if you care about that, you got to care about across the board type of stuff. You know, it's yeah. it's 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 tricky. I mean, the same conversations are being had with Amber Heard and Aquaman, yeah. Johnny Depp and the the the, um, the Harry Potter movies. Like Warner Brothers is like, huh? There's some there's some there's some rocky stuff there. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be addressed, how it's going to be addressed. I just know that every time I see anything about this flash movie, I do think about that. And that sucks. Yeah. That ex- really sucks.
1: Same, same. Uh, I'm in the same boat. And um, I guess I can say is I hope they I hope it all works out for the best. Uh, I mean, yeah. 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 I, I, I don't know what else to say, uh, but it yeah. is, it is weird and it is hard, um, and it's it's weird that it's not addressed. But how you're definitely not going to address it here on this platform. No, anyway. no I know. Um, I on know, a much more I, yeah. on the much more positive end of things, we got Shazam Two, uh, which was a uh, from I didn't I, I didn't really sit through this one, but it was adorable. Um, and uh, Sinbad showed up to play into that joke, which was great. And we got a title for Shazam Two, which is Shazam Fury of the Gods, which I think is a great title.
0: Me too me too it's very pulpy i loved it i sat through this whole thing i thought that this panel was hilarious too, yeah but this was a highlight for me because it opens with zachary levi playing up the fact that he can't say anything yep. about shazam 2 and they were really playing that up and it, and he's very charming and then they brought on a couple of the cast members a couple of the kids a couple of the actors who played the adult you know versions of the uh the, the shazamily and they were great I love that. and then and then uh, Levi was joking about how he made a... Because he was making jokes about the Zack Snyder cut. And he goes, well, I made my own cut of the first Shazam movie. And it's, you know, I did this and this. And, and, and then, like, the director, David F. Sandberg, shows up. Yeah. And he's like, did you, did you cut into my movie? Like, it, 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 just leading into that. And then Sinbad, the joke being that... God, man, it was so funny, DJ. Because Sinbad shows up, and he's so quick and so funny. Yep. And, and he's saying, like, people think I was in a movie called Shazam. Mm-hmm. in the 90s I never made this movie it doesn't exist he goes look it up I'm the third Mandela effect yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes uh, Zachary Levi goes wait, sh- wait a minute Sinbad are you in this movie are you in the sequel he goes you tell me John Krasinski am I in this movie <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. funny
1: that's great and i got a special shout out, a shout out to um uh faith herman who plays young darla uh she's yeah. the most adorable kid on the planet not to throw every other kid under the bus but she's the most adorable kid on the planet uh,
0: every other kid is a gross piece of shit compared, compared to, to her compared,
1: <laughs> compared to darla um but yeah i'm glad that they were able to have fun with it we will di- uh loop back a little bit that it's interesting that like Shazam and Black Adam didn't really reference each other at all. Right. Um, right. Uh, so we'll, once we get into the Black Adam stuff, we'll dive into that. But I, I'm glad they had fun and I'm glad that they took a second with some of these other things that it's like are, are way not in development, but we still had a time to check in on them yeah. and see where yeah. they're going. And I'm looking forward to that movie. Um, also, before we get into the major stuff, I've got to mention we talked a little bit about Front up front but um there was a panel for milestone uh returning which those that are not familiar uh milestone comics was a, a dc imprint in the 90s that was focused on uh it was primarily black creators focused on black characters but not just that it was it was a tremendously diverse lineup of characters yeah. that yep. is still to this day bleeding edge like um yeah. there is a, a trans character there's just uh, everything um and wow. As somebody who, uh, they experimented a little bit in New 52, integrating those characters into yeah. the DC fabric. And, and I've got to be honest, I'm kind of bummed that it didn't click because I think the DC universe could ben- benefit tremendously from those characters being incorporated yeah. into the wider fabric. But February next year, we're getting more Milestone Comics. It sounds like they're going to be primarily digital first um they mentioned that they're working on a static shock movie uh they're working on animated movies which i think is really smart because some of the uh milestone characters are a little bit um, more adult edgier um and Mm -hmm. considering a lot of those animated movies like justice league dark and stuff like that have have skewed to r-rated i think that's that's a good relationship um hector how familiar are you with these characters are you excited that milestone's coming back
0: not very not very and another reason for that is, is because it's tough to, these are all out of print. Yes. And they oh, and they're bringing and, them back. And, and DC Comics has not been, um, because of various reasons and legal issues and all this other stuff, like they haven't, they don't put these out in the way that they put out a bunch of old comics, you know, yeah. that you can go and get in collections. So that's the other thing they announced is that leading up to February, they're going to be putting out digital versions of their old stuff. Yeah. I'm really hoping and assuming it will eventually lead to like physical reprints of collections of milestone stuff. I mean, look. Look, watch this. Look at this. Right at the top of my DC shelf up there, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got Superman, Batman, the Golden Age, yep. right? Wonder Woman the Golden Age, the all the characters, the Silver Age, the Bronze Age. Like if they put them in collections like this where they just go like Milestone, yep. You know, Static Volume 1 and there's like a there's like a, a couple of years worth of comics in there. Oh my god, I will buy the shit out of them. 100%. And and um I mean, and I feel I feel like they could put out like there's great like who's who, like one little issue or an encyclopedia thing to be like, here's what all the characters are and to just get everybody caught up. The animation, like you were saying, is a great idea. Yeah. Phil Lamar was there, the voice of Static. They yep. were talking about the impact of that show, Static Shock. Still really bleeding edge to this day. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, outside of the Miles Morales Spider-Verse animated movie, there's not that many young black or, or characters of color led yeah. superhero stuff um, this, was, this whole thing was a real delight for me they were talking about the impact of Dwayne McDuffie they were, they were yeah. talking about the history of Milestone um, but just the fact that it's finally coming back in, a, in, in, in these big, big ways whether or not this stuff like how far along in development it is I don't know I don't care but the fact that people like Reginald Hudlin yeah. and Dennis Cowan were talking about we're talking to Warner Brothers movie people so we're yeah. doing a feature film hold them to task that's yeah. what I'm talking about put that shit out there to be like, we're making a static shock movie. There's no reason for there not to be one. Yep. To really have people go ask Warner Brothers executives, what's the de- what's the update? What's the update? What's the update? Because I remember I had a chance to talk to Dennis Cowan when he came by DC Daily last oh, year. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite days, man. Hearing this guy talk about stuff, hearing him talk about how HBO's Watchmen had just come out and and, and reminded the world about the Tulsa massacre. Yep. And Dennis Cowan's telling us that the inspiration for the Big Bang and the Bang Babies in Static has a similar real world event inspiration yeah. that people don't know about. And we were like, what? Did this really happen? And and um, go look into it. Go do that kind of research. Go here. Dennis Cowan talking about this stuff is phenomenal. But we also talked about, you know, Miles Morales. And he was like, yeah, you know, Miles come out and he's this young, funny you know, uh, biracial, uh, superhero character. And we always felt like that's who static was. And static was that you know, 10 years before miles came out on the scene, 15 years before miles came out on the scene. So I, I think that the, if there's room for miles, there's absolutely room for static. Yeah. And, um, it's not about who came first and who did what better. And, and, and look, man, if you can have Thanos and Darkseid, you can have static and miles. 100 percent and you think about how many how many
1: characters do marvel and dc have that are basically batman ripoffs you know what i mean like moon knight daredevil you know what i mean like yeah and and it's all fine and they all have their their things that they bring to the table um and i am hoping we have a question here from our discord um if you want to ask questions for a show you can go to patreon.com only stupid answers and be part of our discord aside from the obvious answer of static which milestone characters would you like to see get adapted into film or tv shows and i think there's so many like uh dennis count speaking dennis count he mentioned his love for hardware who is i I was lucky enough like you said they're not collected which is uh, a shame and i'm glad that they're coming out now but just through going through long boxes at uh, thrift stores and stuff like that i have the first issue of hardware um i have a couple issues of icon um and i have a couple issues of static um and uh hardware excites me a lot and and Jason inman was on our show uh a few months ago now and we were talking a little bit about Milestone and it's and it's this is a very reductive way to describe these characters but it's it's just a good little summary even though there's a lot more to them hardware is kind of like black iron man um if if basically if tony stark was black and he was working for lex luthor That's kind of Hardware's deal. Um, Icon is, and it's, again, much more complicated than this, but he's kind of a black Superman. For me, the one I would love to see more of is there was a team called the Blood Syndicate. And you mentioned the Big Bang. Um, And the the Big Bang was a bunch of gangs uh, and then uh, coming to fight each other. And then the local government used that as an opportunity to use experimental gas on them. and, And some of them got powers and a lot of them died. The blood syndicate is a combination of the remainder of these gangs coming together to form a new gang. And I cannot think of another, anything quite like it that we have in, in comics or movies or TV shows. Like maybe in that they're, they're more anti-heroes than heroes, maybe like suicide squad, but their goals and their methods and their ideology are completely different. I would like to see them do something with that again, just because it's such a unique, there's so many unique characters in that group and it's such a unique premise That's what I would like to see more of in movies or TV shows.
0: I can't wait, man. It's going to be so exciting. You know, people online were saying, well, because they announced this like five years ago, they announced Milestone and for various legal reasons, it hadn't happened. And for the fact that in the past five years, so much has changed in how the rest of the world and the, and sort of non-black people in the United States are now talking about the black experience and now talking about. Trying to get justice and and looking at police reform and looking at uh, police violence and and I'm like man if some of that stuff doesn't seep its way into some superhero stuff yeah. and what better like like universe or brand to be able to tackle some of this than milestone characters like that 100%. is so. Incre- inc- it's kind of incredible that the timing is is what it is now and yeah. can't wait to see it
1: yeah 100 percent. and i will say my one caveat is as much as i love reginald H- hudland and dennis cowan and stuff like that i do hope yeah. they start um it's cool that a lot of the old guard is coming back to support this there's yep. so many young up-and-coming um writers and artists of color that i would like to see brought into this so that they can oh, make yeah. these stories speak to young people today the way milestone spoke to young people back in the 90s totally you're
0: absolutely right you're um, absolutely right so yeah. here's hoping yeah.
1: fingers crossed more more milestone now let's get into the big guns. the the big guns let's um talk a little bit about um let's start off with the snyder cut um. Okay. Uh. Snyder. Zack Snyder basically had his own panel with with his Justice League coming in to relay questions to him, and they showed footage of the trailer. And I don't know about you, Hector. It it looked like the trailers of Justice League before before the movie came. It's just well, like well, my, we we've got this movie.
0: I think my main takeaway is like is this. I feel like that trailer was made for Zack Snyder fans mm-hmm. because I think he was like calling back recalling and referencing his use of hallelujah in watchman. Yeah. That that was a thing that became a bit of a punching bag on the internet. And I think it's Zack Snyder being like, okay, you think it's stupid? You think it's dumb? It's in my trailer. <laughs> and, and I didn't love the, the song usage kind of took me out a little bit. And it is it, it, a bit distracting for me. The footage did look great. Mm-hmm. The footage looked like, um, it did look like BDS. And and it also reminded me, I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know what was cut. I don't know what was redone. Um, I hope that if there is a bunch of work that was done by special effects teams, I used to work in visual effects, I used to work in 3D conversion, which is different. But I understand a little bit about that process and how oh. hard that job can be, that if there's a bunch of stuff that was able to be recovered, I hope that it can be put on display and a lot of visual effects Teams can be like, yeah, that's the stuff I worked on and wasn't in the theatrical movie. And that's cool. Um, But but my main takeaway was like, I feel like the reason it was for Zack Snyder fans is because Zack Snyder fans, I think, are very aware of every single little difference that has been trickling for the past five years between his version of the movie and the theatrical Joss Whedon thing. I only saw Justice League theatrical once and I was like, I think I'm good. I don't want to watch this movie again. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I liked parts of it, but I didn't like it overall. So when I was looking at the footage, I was like, okay, I know Kiersey Clemens was not in the movie. So I know Iris is new. Yeah. This sequence with the flash is new um, because the internet would tell me all the time. The stuff yes. with Victor Stone playing football is new. I'm like, okay, that's new. And then um, Silas, Silas Stone dies yeah, in the footage. That- and I was like, did that? Did he die in the movie? And and my th- my takeaway was like, before this thing comes out, and also, I don't know how I feel about the four hour you know, split up, yeah, but it's- that... That to me feels like it's definitely um, HBO Max being like, how can we kind of, you know, milk this? This is a big deal. We want to milk it versus like, how can we let the director and everybody like put out the version that they want to put out and we'll do the movie? I feel like it's a little bit like, but listen, Tarantino did it for Netflix. It's fine. So I'm just saying I might wait for the whole shebang to be done if I'm going to watch it and then do the four hour cut. But. I, I also said, and I am, am intend to do this next year, too, before it comes out. I'm like, I'm going to rewatch the theatrical because I don't remember yeah. too much about like, I don't remember what happens in it other than, yeah, Aquaman and Wonder Woman didn't die. They had, you know, like, I know that. I know that the main, all the characters didn't die. I know Superman came back. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to rewatch it so that I have that fresh in my mind. Yeah. So that if I were to watch the new one, I could be I could really appreciate and understand what we didn't see the first time so i think that yeah i think the trailer was made for the fans that are so on it that they were seeing all the new pieces of footage and all the differences and i'm sure they were like this is different this is different this is different this is different awesome and i'm like i don't really remember too much yeah but yeah, yeah i didn't love the song
1: it's uh, i didn't love the song uh, i will say uh my one caveat and i'll get this uh uh out there right off the bat I did enjoy the ultimate edition, whatever the director's cut of Batman V Superman, um, a a good amount more than the theatrical version. That is the one thing I will give the Snyder cut, but the conversation around it and getting it made has been so toxic and continues to be. I saw people posting some of, uh, Zack Snyder's clapbacks to people that didn't necessarily like the trailer. Uh, the conversation around it is so toxic and, uh, I, I felt a little bit about like in the conversation with Joss Whedon right now is so toxic that it, it kind of felt like the tagline for AVP like whoever wins we lose kind of a thing like <laughs> like I just I, I, I don't know I, I enjoyed yeah. um, the, the African cut of Justice League um uh, and I have not in the past really liked Zack Snyder movies. I think the trailers for his movies inevitably get me excited for the movie. And then the movie's kind of disappointing.
0: Oh, listen, man, that Watchmen trailer, Mm -hmm. the the beginning is the end or whatever. Like that's like an all timer trailer. That shit was dope. But I, you know, I think that's fine. I think that, I think you're right. I think there's been a lot of, I mean, I know I've been on the receiving end of some stuff, which is really frustrating. I've seen a lot of my colleagues and everything when it comes down to look, not everything is made for everybody. Yep. I think DC fandom yesterday show did like showcase that perfectly. Like yeah. DC is such a strong brand that they have different stuff for different people. They're not trying to make everything for everybody. They're not trying, you know, the people who play the Suicide Squad video game that's coming out are not going to be the same people who watch the CW show Supergirl. Yeah. Those are different audiences and that's okay. They're not going to be the same people that are necessarily going to be into Shazam versus going to be into Wonder Woman 1984 versus going to be into The Batman Matt Reeves which looks yeah. really dark. Yep. So, I think that understanding that and being okay with that is something that a lot of fans need to kind of understand and kind of and and recognize and be aware of because I have no problem with people liking or disliking stuff. I get frustrated when people go well, you don't like this thing. And this should be the main thing. This is the only thing. This is yeah. the main thing. Cause I'm kind of like, it's not, Yep. it's not, it's not, you know, it's, 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 I have been accused of uh, not liking DC because I didn't love Batman versus Superman Dawn of justice as much as other people. And I'm like, yeah, man, but I talk about everything else DC. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who are just really kind of zeroed in and focused on these movies and don't necessarily tend to talk about all the other stuff as well. Um, although except for the, the todd phillips joker there's a lot of crossover there there's a lot yeah there a there's lot lot of crossover of, a lot of mixed convers- yeah,
1: a lot of mixed conversation yeah. on that one and yeah. i've been on the receiving end as well like people are like oh sure. you just don't like marvel movies like i love civil war i loved Endgame. game I, I love black Panther." I know. what are you talking about like i know um people so,
0: have opinions <laughs> but but i have also had a lot of people you know um the, the 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 thing for me is that where it gets where it got really really bad and really frustrating and really I mean, I don't want to use the word nasty because it's kind of worse than that. But like, I've had people that have created fake Twitter accounts oh my God. with my photo to purposely make me look bad, to, to be, you know, to go and talk to people that are talking about these movies and then say like vulgar stuff to them and then have those people be tricked and then respond to me like, dang, Hector Navarro, you're a jerk. And I have to come in and be like, you need to like, you need to shut this down. This is horrific. This is yeah. awful. Or accusing me of some awful stuff. And I put out some of that frustration a, a week or so ago, and a lot of people were, were reaching out and being like, hey, man, I'm really into this movie. I can't wait to see this movie. I really hope you do not think that this is indicative of the whole, like, I'm really trying to stay positive. It really bums me out that you're getting some of this heat. And, of course, I know that it's not everybody. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's never been an issue of every person who enjoys a Zack Snyder movie is going to be toxic online, and they're going to be bullies, and they're going to be engaging in harassment. That's not the case. But... I think that there is a lot of, of uh, there's a lot of young people that love this stuff. There's a lot of people our age too. But I think that that if you are, if you're not a fan of these movies, I think that's okay. Yeah. If you're a fan of these movies, I think that's okay too. And I think if you are a fan of these movies, I think that unfortunately, I feel like you got a little bit of a, a little bit more of a responsibility to really be a little bit more positive yeah. than per usual. Do you know what I mean? In the yeah, same way 100%. that, like, look, man, if you're a Star Wars fan and you're online a lot, do me a favor, be positive mm-hmm. just to kind of combat a lot of the, oh, I hate The Last Jedi and Kathleen Kennedy. And there's a lot of misogynistic and racist bullshit that's out there and a lot yeah. of terrible stuff on YouTube. So I'm like, look, if you want to be a comic book fan, awesome, go for it. If you want to be a Zack Snyder comic book movie fan, awesome, go for it. Be real positive positive, yeah, and be positive and passionate about the thing you love. But also, mm-hmm. you know, when you see some messed up stuff, be like, hey, man, don't do that. We don't yeah. have to do that. I've seen that too. When the Snyder cut was announced, I saw some people being crummy and then I saw other people going like, Hey, Hey, we won. We got the thing we wanted. We yeah. don't have to, we don't have to do this anymore. We don't have to be this way anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, um, I, uh, I, you know, and I, and again, I get it cause I, I am a, I'm a big star Wars fan and I love the last Jedi. It's probably my favorite. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I know that's a, it's my own personal thing and I try to go out there and be real positive about yeah. it just because I know there's so much, grossness around that particular movie online it's become this sort of lightning rod that i'm like nah. you know what i'm gonna try to try to be cool movies coming out next year i hope people enjoy it it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of precedent it sets for anything moving forward you know like like how are the fans going to respond how's the studio going to treat it you know um yeah it's interesting i mean all of yesterday really felt like this whole thing has really felt like been kind of wild to see warner brothers basically own up to the fact that they messed up mm-hmm. you know and they're really letting this guy come in and really do the victory lap of like like warner brothers you fucked me over but i'm back baby i'm like this is amazing that warner brothers is 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 kind of doing that um so yeah we'll see how it all plays out real quick before we go
1: any further i just wanted to mention once again that this extra long amazing episode had to be edited down four time so if you want to check out the full unedited discussion you can do that by going to patreon.com slash only Stupid Answers. You can listen to the audio version or watch the video version depending on which tier you choose. Plus, you'll be able to access all the other content there, including early access to episodes. And you can watch discussions like this live. We truly appreciate all of our supporters. This show would not exist without them. You are what keeps the lights on. So if you want to be a part of the discussion, go to patreon.com onlystupidanswers Only Stupid Answers. On the other end of long gestating uh, projects, we also got uh, early looks um it's black adam from dwayne johnson who i think is possibly the best hype man you could ever hope to have for in a movie <laughs> it's funny i actually i was telling my wife this the other day um uh, we had uh, comic artist doc shanner on the show and he was kind of talking about superhero designs and how like their silhouette needs to be distinct even if they're like tying on a page and so when the dc fandom did that thing where they like the they're going through the cg environment and they get to him and he's backlit even just from the silhouette i'm like oh that's the rock. Just, just even the from, shape of his
0: body. Even from like a digital, like five miles away. Yeah, yeah. You're like, rock, oh yeah, that's the rock. And you, you hear a voice just going, "I've been waiting." Yeah, and You're yeah. like, that's Dwayne Johnson. Oh, that's Dwayne that's Johnson, Dwayne, the Rock Johnson. And I'm immediately excited
1: for this movie. <laughs>
0: um, and
1: he talked about yeah. like, uh, uh, boss logic helped uh, put together the teaser that we got, which gives us a little bit of the backstory yeah. of Black Adam um and uh, by the way i just want to throw this out there i haven't seen a lot of chatter about this online there's a scene in that there's a lot of him as a slave and him rising to power some references to us some iconic black adam covers but there's also
0: into a giant scorpion it's pretty cool it's pretty cool i I was
1: really impressed um that was a fun (laughs) callback i thought i didn't i didn't expect the mummy movies to be tied into this universe but it makes sense when you think about it um There is a moment where this purple crystal floats by his face, and half of his face becomes skeletal, which makes me think that Whoa. maybe that's a nod to Eclipso, who also Whoa. got a tease at the end of just uh, of Stargirl this year. So if if it oh, is very cool, yeah, if it is Eclipso. To- He's, his stock is like
0: way on the – he's gone from the C-list to being yeah. like a bunch of shit all of a sudden. Well, not just Eclipso, but like the Justice Society. That yep. was the thing that really impressed me. I feel like I had heard that uh, – what's his name? Noah, the actor, yeah. Cent- Centrino or Cent-
1: – I think it's Noah Centino.
0: Noah Centino yeah. was cast in it as Adam Smasher. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Okay. yeah. Um, then the – the the uh, and he was delightful, by the way. Him he was. Him interacting with The Rock was great. I'm very happy for him. Seems like a young – uh, happy guy and i wish him success the concept art was showing the the justice society they showed dr fate and hawkman yep. and like cyclone and adam smasher and i was thinking like oh okay so this is going to be him versus the justice society the justice society is also in star girl with that eclipse tease yep. Eclipso can be tied into the justice society they are i mean the rock was saying that a couple times like they are the justice society and yeah. black adam will will never, f- you know, whatever he was saying. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's it's cool and uh, smart to pit him against some other DC heroes yeah. that maybe don't need a whole heck of a lot of ex- explanation. Like, like, I feel like the Justice Society is a pretty straightforward concept yeah. once you kind of set it up and explain it like they're either World War II era heroes or like the descendants or children of the world war ii era like yep. it's like okay hawkman is long-lived dr fate's long-lived all right cool pretty much got it and they can tie all that stuff into uh, especially hawkman and dr fate to like those to the to like to kandak and those yep. you know the, the the history of uh of of what was what's the real character's name like teth adam oh, or yes adam yeah teth no or no yeah
1: i think you got it right off the, right off um, the bat
0: the thing that I, you know, we we're talking about how he doesn't mention the Shazam movie. The Shazam didn't mention Black Adam. He does mention Shazam at the end when The Rock is like, do me a favor. When he's like telling the fans watching. Yeah. Tell everybody, tell Superman, Batman, Shazam, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. that the that the dynamic of power in the DC universe is about to change forever. Like, that's, that's what I want out of a Black Adam character. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to have this movie set up and have it be the starring vehicle for Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that they're bringing in the Justice Society. I'm all for it. Um, and it's interesting that they're going to do the, they're going flesh out his backstory, which is pretty cool. But yeah. if they're going to go the ancient Egyptian stuff. yeah, um, It's also wild this movie's been in development for 10 years. Like, that's yeah, wild.
1: It's nuts. And I'm uh, trying to remember when we heard that he, cho- like, was it 10 years ago when they announced that he was in it? Yeah. Or what, was it after he was already talking with them? Like... It was. Damn. I feel
0: like it was It was the late 2000s when he was asking fans, who do you want to see me play, Shazam oh or Black Adam? Or, or he was even saying, like, Captain Marvel or Black Adam, who should I play? Yeah. And um, I think he would have made a great Shazam. I Agreed. think he would have made such a great Shazam. But I just want to see him get really brutal with beating the shit out of the Justice Society. Mm-hmm. And I want him to be such a scary threat that when they announced that um, after Shazam 2, after Black Adam, you know, at the end of Shazam two, the post credits is gonna be that Black Adam shows up. I want audiences to be like, oh, cool, and yes. just be that much more hyped for like a for like a part three of Shazam where it's him versus Black Adam. And I want it to be kind of gnarly. Yeah. And and because I love the idea that like kids, I mean, we're talking about the the actress who plays Darla. Yeah. She's so cute. I love the idea that these kids <laughs> are the ones that will ultimately defeat this character Black Adam? Well, no, but he see, does... that's an open
1: question. And I think that plays yeah. into one of my concerns with, when you say uh, Dwayne Johnson, you say Black Adam, I'm like, great. My concern is that he is arguably the biggest, not just one of, the biggest stars in the world. Um, yep. And there had been reports of of with stuff like Fast and Furious and stuff like that, that, you know, like with that franchise in particular, like everybody has like a hit count and who can beat who and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, will he let the Shazam family beat him or will they have to like come to some sort of oh, agreement and like team up I, or
0: something? I think so. I think that, I think that, um I, I think I see what you're saying. I, I think that, that The Rock is aware that his character is an anti-hero. Yeah. And that his character can potentially make the Shazam character look better because Billy Batson has to overcome this guy. Yeah. Um, If he felt like, oh, I can't, I'm not going to do that on my contract. Then why didn't you play Shazam to yeah. begin with, DJ? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why, like Dwayne Johnson. Why did not DJ, but Dwayne <laughs> Johnson? Why yeah. didn't you? Why, like, if you're really concerned about your image for whatever reason, like, well, I don't want to be seen beating up a bunch of kids. It's like, then why didn't you pick Billy? Why, why couldn't you play an adult Billy Batson? Yep. And then they could have gotten this adorable Samoan kid to play Billy Batson. Like that should have happened. Yep. Um. So I'm hoping that that he shows up. He's a threat. It's the Shazam family versus him. It's Black Adam beating the crap out of these characters. And then when they turn into kids, Black Adam goes, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat on innocent children. You know, yeah. like that should happen too. That realization of like, what am I doing? What's what am I doing with my power? And then he goes, You know what? I hate you, Billy, because you worked with the wizard and he imprisoned me, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But I'm gonna respect that you do your own thing and I'm gonna do my own thing. And then he goes and runs Kandak. Like yeah. that, like, and then he can go and be this like this sometimes scary kind of ally of like, Oh, we have to go. We need black Adams help. Or he, he just took over this country in the middle East. What are we going to do about it? We tell him no. Yeah. to send superman in there that's an international incident i want to see that shit you know yep, absolutely um, and he did uh, yeah. he
1: did make a nod specifically to superman along with um like you said that that warning all the superheroes at the end and it's i gotta say it's like i still want to see you know it, black adam is one of those few characters that it's one of those situations where i actually think the antagonist is more interesting than the protagonist i think black yeah. adam is more interesting than shazam and so it's like yeah, yeah i want to see superman fight black adam like i want to see shazam fight black adam but I really want to see Superman fight Black Adam. Me
0: too. I in my here, my idea would be you give Black Adam the movie, he fights the Justice Society. You feel for him, it's really cool, it's really badass, it's really great. Then we get the Shazam movie, I think that comes out after.
1: Yes. Like I a few months after. Think so. I Fury think. of the Gods, yeah.
0: Shazam 2. And then they go on an adventure and it's it's them growing and they're all kind of getting a little bit older. And then at the end, there's like a post-credits or mid-credits or tease right at the end of the movie, Black Adam shows up.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, like maybe the the maybe the events of the movie Black Adam don't happen until, you know, they show up on the news right at the end of Shazam and it's like, oh, shit, he's out. He yeah. got free. Then I want to see a Shazam 3 exclusively where it's Black Adam versus the Shazam family. Yeah, And if at the end of that adventure, there can be this mutual like, fine, I'll leave you alone. I'll do my own thing. But it's still really brutal. I think the challenge here is exactly what you said, DJ. It's making Billy Batson a character that we root for to defeat Black Adam, who's a very interesting character that you can also understand his motivation. If you can give me a story where you are like on the edge of your seat being like, come on, Billy. Like, what are you doing? Come on. And by the end you're cheering and going, yes, it was specifically these five or six kids in their Shazam powers that is the only thing that could have defeated Black Adam. It's specifically the way that kid brain works, Mm -hmm. their innocence, their heart, if that is successful and comes across in a movie, then at the end of that movie, The Rock can be like, "Okay, you did it." Like you, like you. T- it's almost like a Killmonger Black Panther experience where Killmonger yeah. he's right, but he's still going to lose at the end. But he changes Black Panther, and Black Panther understands like, "Okay, I need to change." In this scenario, I feel like Black Adam would be Panther. Yeah, you know, and he has a perspective. And then the kids come in and they go, "You don't have heart." Like let's let's us teach you from the perspective of a child what the world is and what you can be, and then Adam like realizes. But then give me another Justice League movie. Yeah, bring back Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck, Gal, everybody, Momoa, and have the Justice League go up against Black Adam. Yeah, and then it's insane. And then Shazam has to fly in there, and then Adam almost listens to Shazam. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? Where he's yeah. like, ah, oh, because of our mutual, because of my mutual respect for you. And because of our last, you know, my last adventure with you, you're the only one that could talk some sense into me or you're the only one that could defeat me.
1: Yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that. And also, you're also touching on something that I still really want to see because we have yet we have, you know, we've had uh, over a decade of the golden age of superhero cinema uh, with the Avengers movies and all this stuff. And we have yet to see. Uh good guy team versus bad guy team. We have yet yeah. to see, you know, the Avengers versus the Masters of Evil or the Justice League versus the, you know, Injustice Society, whatever, whatever iteration that is and yeah. uh you know now we have black adam we have black manta from the aquaman movies uh yeah. it's like you, I, we, we can do it
0: cheetah bring him back
1: and, yeah like uh, bring back
0: joe bring back jesse eisenberg i don't give a shit who cares bring back leto put him in there yeah. i don't care let's do it as I long don't as care. we just
1: we doesn't send any separate pieces yeah. to anybody in the cast we're, we're good to go yeah. um yeah. speaking of those villains uh we're finally we finally got a, an official look of cheetah in wonder woman 1984 um this was a very fun panel i think this and the suicide squad panel very definitely benefited from not only the movies looking great because the movies look great but also the cast clearly likes each other and likes spending time with each other and i think there is nothing more endearing than seeing like oh that that immediately endears me more to the movie because i like you all and i like that you all like each other and i want to see this movie what did you think about uh the trailer we got for wonder woman
0: uh First of all, real quick, the panel, I agree. I agree with those sentiments. When Linda Carter showed up, yeah! I, was like, I was like, this is real special. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it means that she got a cameo in the movie. That'd be so cool. It would be bullshit if she didn't. It would kind of be bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I under, I almost understand it would be very difficult to give her a cameo in the first movie yeah. because you're on the mascara and you don't want to ask Linda Carter to put on a Greek accent. Like, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Then they go to World War II Europe or World War One, Europe, yeah. nineteen seventeen. Sure, could be kind of tough. But then you're in the '80s in a mall. Yep. Like you're like if you go and read the uh, the original George Perez Wonder Woman run, yeah. where he sort of re-envisioned her origin. Pretty early on, Wonder Woman meets like a woman who's like, okay, I'm gonna redo your image and and do like um you know I'm like your PR agent. I'm like that could have been Linda. Like one hundred percent. I. And in the panel, she said, hey, when I get to meet you, can I hug you? Is what Linda Carter said to um, Gal or Kristen Wiig or something. Yeah, Kristen Wiig, I think it was. Yeah, She's a big fan. And Kristen was like, I wish I could hug you now. And I'm like, they better be lying. Because Mm -hmm. I hope that she was there on set for at least one day. Yep. uh, Knowing how much Patty loves Linda Carter. So that was real special. The trailer was really cool and fun. I liked the first trailer more. Mm -hmm. But what I liked about this trailer is, got a little bit more of a hint from Pedro Pascal's Max Lord. I feel like he's speaking with an accent. Mm -hmm. and pedro doesn't have an accent normally he has just like an american accent yeah
1: which was interesting because you normally when he plays stuff he has an accent so in the panel i was like oh wild
0: yeah Yeah. and in the mandalorian he doesn't have an accent he just has his normal american accent so in the movie i feel like they're going to give maxwell lord a backstory of like he's greek he is you know mediterranean he is themiscirin or something he is you know something to be to, to come from wonder woman's world the same way that like all the actresses, Robin Wright, you know, everybody yeah. who played an Amazon in the first movie, they were mimicking Gal's accent.
1: Yep, which was smart. Gal
0: has that right? Super smart to be like, oh. okay, that makes sense. Regionally, this is where you guys are all from. So I think Maxwell being like, you can have anything you desire. Like a little mm-hmm. bit of some Spanish something flavor on there was great. I thought Kristen Wig looked great. And I liked the cheetah that we saw so far. Yeah. Um people were like, she's very CG. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's what are you the
1: cheetah? Yeah, what are you gonna it's, do?
0: It's the Cheetah. I'm sure that she's going to look better. I'm sure there's going to be cool close-ups. I'm sure there's going to be these great moments. But favorite moment from the trailer was when the Cheetah shows up and Diana goes, Barbara, what did you do? Because I'm like, that's the most pure Wonder Woman shit. That is the most Diana being concerned for her friend. That's the best thing about Wonder Woman versus Cheetah is that they are friends. And then she does this to herself through a curse or something, magic or something which I think that's where Maxwell Lord comes in. Yep. And then Diana is always trying to help or cure her. Yep, and, I, and that dynamic being there, I'm like, they got it. They nailed it. Can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited for that. And I liked that we got a little bit of um, Kristen Wiggs arc as Barbara. Um, the implication, I thought, at the beginning of the trailer with Maxwell Lord, like you can get whatever you want, that whatever thing he's doing explains both barbara becoming the cheetah and the return of steve trevor yeah um i yep. like that you know uh, the the uh, maybe the tag at the end was maybe a tad bit too cheeky for me but i like the fish <laughs> out of water stuff now with yeah. steve on the other end of it and and um wonder woman being diana being the one that introduces them but like it's yeah. weird that like we should have already seen this movie now right if in the universe where COVID didn't happen do- so the
0: effects are done everything's yeah, done yeah like
1: and it's just a bummer yeah. it's just one of those like oh man I would have really enjoyed this movie seeing it when it was supposed to come out <laughs> um, me too man now I don't even know if I'll be able to see it in theaters because it's like I, I, at this point I think tenants going to come and go from theaters whatever that means yep. before oh, I ever bro, get out you of mean, my house you mean,
0: you mean you're not going to see New Mutants in five days
1: no and if I can be <laughs> candid with you, Hector, I was hitting yeah. up uh, my press connections, and they're like, "We're not doing one." I'm like, oh, "Okay, oh. Uh, no theaters are showing it near me, and I'm not going to risk my health to go to a theater anyway." I was hoping, yeah, if I was hoping there's something.
0: Pr- if they're not, if they're not doing press screenings. That means that the press people promotional people know that it's not safe to open up theaters they really should not be opening up theaters yeah, agreed like, that's and such a bummer
1: and also with the tenant stuff i was a little like i you know i've been reaching out for tenant and all this stuff and then i saw reviews were dropping i'm like how are reviews dropping and then I, every review i've seen they're all overseas it's uk yep. it's places yep. where they've kind of gotten their yep. stuff on handle anyway we don't we don't need yep. to get lost in it's, all that it's,
0: it is it is an ethical dilemma i've seen people i've seen people who review movies go through where they're like i don't want to review a movie to tell people to go see a movie in theaters yeah. ethically right now yeah so weird but it's their jobs
1: yeah and it's, and and for like you know a small operation like me like that's one of our the reviews on our youtube channel is like our main thing anyway um yep. well i'm working on other stuff you all stay tuned for that but um yeah I, I it's a bummer that we haven't already seen this movie uh but i am looking forward to it cheetah is one of my favorite antagonists i'm glad we're finally getting it i think kristen wig yeah. Um, it looks like she's going to do a great job and I like kind of like the evolution of the character and I'm excited for that. Um, the other movie that's, uh, really excited for is the suicide squad. Um, that was another, like I mentioned earlier, that was another panel where it's like, oh, these people really like each other and that's cool. And and it seems like James Gunn is, has done a very good job of creating a, a positive environment to make a movie in which is cool. And uh, they gave us a full rundown of all the characters. Um, and I think my favorite, other than the reveal of Weasel, which I thought was great. Uh, very excited for that. The other thing is beyond an Amanda Waller or a Harley Quinn, these characters are such Z-listers that they could literally yes. murder all of them before the end of the movie. <laughs> and it wouldn't affect a thing. And it's like, that's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. the a great point. I am sure that, that more than half of them are going to die. Oh you know, yeah. The, the the promise of the Suicide Squad is a bunch of these characters are going to die, and unfortunately, the first movie didn't really deliver that yeah. in a way where it's like, oh man, I just got to like this Z list character, and then they die. Yeah. Oh shit! The Suicide Squad's crazy. What happened? Slipknot showed up. Mm-hmm. Native American actor talked for a line, and then his head blew up. Yep. Like, come on. We gotta we gotta do more than that, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, dude, if we want to talk about how. I want to talk about this for a second because this this was my biggest takeaway from the Suicide Squad. First yeah. of all, it is even after the, the Matt Reeves Batman trailer, it is my most anticipated movie out of all those movies. Very cool. Because, because I had seen a Wonder Woman trailer before. Mm-hmm. I had seen a Wonder Woman movie before, love the first Wonder Woman movie. I've even seen a Suicide Squad movie before, didn't love it. Yeah. Uh, the the Titans and Shazam stuff was all teaser stuff. And the Batman looked great but I want to see more of, I mean, it's unfair. They're only, they only filmed 25%, maybe a third of the movie, Yeah. you know, and a lot, a lot of discussion about the Batman we can get to later, but that's going to be its own thing in its own universe. And the suicide squad exists in the DCEU or DC films franchise, the whatever man of steel is. to yeah. now, whatever it's called up to this point, according to HBO max, it's it's DCEU, but according okay. to literally anything else that never, ever comes up. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, but the the implication in those movies is like 2013, Man of Steel. He's the first ever superhero. But Batman has been active since the 90s. Yeah, something like but, that. But secret. Yeah. Okay. Wonder Woman's been hidden since World War One. but secret. Okay. Mm-hmm. But So Superman's like the first one. So then uh, what, how, how long after that did Batman versus Superman take place? A year? Yeah. Six months? What do they say? 18 months? Whatever it was. A year and a half later. Then it's like, okay, then Aquaman starts to creep out the flash creeps out cyborg creeps out yeah. wonder woman kind of creeps out they fight doomsday that's the end of the movie superman dies then a few months later suicide squad's like we've got we had a bunch of supervillains in lockup mm-hmm. including harley quinn because harley quinn helped joker maybe kill robin maybe. years ago yeah, yeah, yeah you know at some point so i'm just look thinking about all this mythology and about the order of operations for th- this iteration of the dc universe but the thing about uh, and and then that goes to from that that goes to a flashback to Wonder Woman. Okay, cool. Wonder Woman was active 20 in, in 1917. Then it goes to the Justice League movie. They fight Steppenwolf, and then the Justice League forms, and again, just the theatrical cut. So the world is kind of aware of them. All these superhero characters are these six guys. Yeah. Then you have an Aquaman adventure that's mostly underwater. So I guess the world at large doesn't know, but Aquaman's like a celebrity because of Justice League. Like People are taking selfies with him. Yeah. Then Shazam, the kid gets powers, and in that kid talked about Superman and the attack on Metropolis, yep. and it's all there. Then uh, Birds of Prey. Am I missing any? I feel like I got them all.
1: No, I think that's it.
0: Then then Birds of Prey, and that's more street level vigilante characters in Gotham over the course of a few days, you know, yeah. and no mention or necessarily need for Batman, but like it's all these characters and Black Mask has been active, and all these characters have been active. The Suicide Squad showed me a trailer where it's like, this is the a full-blown, no-holds-barred, crazy DC universe where we can do whatever the hell we want. At no point did I feel like because James Gunn did the same thing with Guardians mm-hmm. and I think he got away with it because Guardians was in space Yeah, so he could go straight to from A to Z he could go straight to the Z-listers he could go straight to the obscure in the first Guardians movie and not have to explain it the way that Iron Man and Thor and these movies were explaining stuff here on Earth it was like Here's Cosmo the dog. Here's the collector. Here yeah. is the infinity stones. Here is the, the Nova core, you know, Ronan, the accuser, the Cree, uh, which implies the scrolls and the guardians themselves and boom, 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 boom. And then in part two, ego, the celestials mantis, yep. uh, um, uh, a tease for, uh, you know, Howard, the doc, a tease for the watchers, boom, 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 boom. So this movie, I thought, would they let James Gunn do that? Because again, it has to work in that framework. dude, He's pulling characters that I'm like, he said that, that Idris Elba is in jail for shooting Superman with a kryptonite bullet. I'm like, when did that? Yeah. How did that? Are we going to see footage of that? That's yep. insane and so cool. And every character showed me that because of the fact that they're in jail means that they must have been active. You know, they've been around for a while. And it got to the point where at least since 2013, superheroes blew up so much that – if there's an assassin whose specialty is throwing a javelin, he's yeah. going to call himself javelin and dress <laughs> up in a colorful costume. And none of those costumes were shine away from the comics. Nope. None of those costumes were the muted, typical DCEU, like, grounded realism. It was like, we're going to put Rick Flag in a bright yellow shirt because yeah. that's what he looks like in the comics. Yep. So I was so happy and just blown away at the insane comic book kookiness. Polka dot man. Yep. Like, it's crazy man so it to me that makes me feel like okay now to me the dceu and maybe this is what it's always been to the fans of the of the franchise that i haven't been maybe that much of a fan of even though i love certain movies now the dceu to me is do whatever the hell you want director come in look at all of our characters do whatever the oh you want to do birds of prey do it yeah no longer do we have to do the stepping stone of, well, we got to do a movie where Harley Quinn is with the Joker, yeah. you know, then so that they take a up, so that Harley Quinn could be emancipated. And then, you know, now it's like, we didn't need that first Suicide Squad movie. We don't need Superman to be like, I'm the first. Like, that's not what this, this world is almost acting as though there's been a DC cinematic universe just for as long as there's been an MCU. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And we're almost caught up to the present and it's yeah. no longer building blocks of, so I say, dude, Aquaman 2 better have, Aquaman two, he better show up and it'll be, and he should be like, it's been six years. I've got a six year old son now. Who cares? Like, just keep going. Yeah,
1: we're just we're just uh, motoring along. Yeah, and and just motoring. It's the same thing. I, and I started feeling that with with Aquaman because that movie's so like, you know, there's five underwater kingdoms and we're seeing all this stuff. I'm like, this is nuts, and I'm here for. And then, like you said, Birds of Prey. It's it, and it, and I think that's that's one of the things I like, and and even Shazam and stuff like that, where it's this sense of like. I think the appeal of the MCU is that feeling that, you know, it's all cohesive. It all has a similar tone. It's all this one package. And I think what DC is finding success in is like, what if we didn't do that? Like, what if it was yeah. literally, like you said, James Gunn's come, comes in and he's like, I want Michael Rooker or savant and I want javelin and I want weasel and I want this stuff. And you're like, yeah, fuck it fucking who gives yeah. a shit just do whatever you want like we're not going to worry about that stuff we'll figure out the logistics at, at, later yeah.
0: at, at no point were they going well we haven't introduced king shark and aquaman 2 yet so okay. you can't use him they were just like go
1: yeah fuck just it go. just just do it and and um like we were talking about like they're so obscure that that he can literally do whatever he wants with them you can see a little bit of um you know obviously dead shot was supposed to come back but will smith decided not to yes. and then my understanding of the situation is eaters elbow was initially supposed to be the new dead shot uh which i actually think Will Smith is great, but Idris Elba kind of aligns more with what I understand Deadshot of as in the that. comics. But they decided to make him his own character, which I think is great. I love that they talked about in the panel that like Bloodsport has the most weapons out of all of them. And I would love that if he's just like, he's always just pulling, like, where did you even have that extra big gun that you had? Where was that? Um, yeah. I love the stuff with um, Peacemaker, who fans of Watchmen may better know is that's, that's the character that inspired the comedian. Um, but he is such an insane character because as they talk about the thing it's like he loves peace so much he's willing to murder anybody to make it happen which is stupid and (laughs) and i like that he's in there and i like that john cena seems stoked to play him i i got very excited for this movie when he talked about john ostrander's run when he talked about how because i was a little concerned before we saw anything that i was like wait what if James Gunn just makes it like a comedy, which isn't bad. It's just not really what I want. And it's like, sure. oh no, it's when they were talking about like it's like a '70s war movie, but with James Gunn sensibility. I'm like, that yes, that's what I want out of a Suicide Squad movie. And
0: dude, he has he has that actress playing a character named Ratcatcher two. They made it a point to be like, so much time has passed in this universe that there was a person who played Ratcatcher who was Ratcatcher, and now this woman is the second Ratcatcher. Yep. I have yet to see a second. Of any superhero character in any movie, except for I guess Sam Wilson is going to be Captain America too yeah. in a way. Like that's it, mm-hmm. and that to me is James Gunn being like, I don't want to wait for these movies to build this out because you guys are not going to build it. I'm just I just want to get to what I love about DC Comics yep. from whatever I whatever corner I love and then put it down. So Ratcatcher two, man, that's going to make movie audiences be like, wait, what does that mean, Ratcatcher two? There's been another Ratcatcher. Whoa! And then you could go, yes, now here's Blue Beetle. Now, here's Mm -hmm. The Flash. Now, here's Green Lantern. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in it. You got to yeah. keep up.
1: And, and I think they're doing something smart too because, you know, people did have the uh, DC animated universe, the Justice League Unlimited, and the Batman animated yeah. series. And it's like they, they are yeah. more familiar with these characters than maybe execs like to give them credit for. Not some of the savant. Nobody knows. Like I, I was keeping track of when we were seeing f- footage of like, you know, Pete Davidson's character is not showing up in any of those behind the scenes footage. I don't think he's in this movie for very long. You know what I mean? Like just, <laughs> just pay attention to that. I also wanted to mention somebody on Twitter, um, I should have pulled up their name I'm so sorry um uh mentioned that like maybe because we don't know who Taika Watiti's playing and they suggested maybe he's playing King Shark and I was like well Steve Agee's playing King Shark but then I was playing the trailer for my wife and out of all the characters they give the actor's name they give the character's name King Shark does
0: not get that and so I'm wondering and and James Gunn specifically said Steve Agee he's our on-set King Shark is what he said and look, man. Sean Gunn played Rocket Raccoon. He was on set Rocket Raccoon, but yeah. Bradley Cooper did the voice of The voice. That's what he's doing with King Shark.
1: Yes, and and uh, bummer for Steve Agee, sorry. Um, yeah, but, and, bummer and
0: for Ron Funches, who really should have been playing it.
1: 100%, 100% <laughs> because I love that iteration of King Shark. I love that he's Harley's highest guy, which by the way, I didn't get a chance to mention. There was a little interstitial of Harley from the animated series answering questions yeah. uh, that I actually thought was legitimately very funny. Um, yep. i think maybe they had some of the writers from the show doing that which i thought yeah. was really good um, there, was,
0: there was another one i watched that was uh the batman beyond Fast uh-huh. watching 60s batman which i thought was really funny i yeah. thought it was fun too so yeah yeah
1: it was legit some of those interstitials were very solid and i will say on paper you're like taiko playing king Shark. i'm like the voice of king Shark. I'm like that's great except that's just korg it's just it's just and, and not that i like korg but it's the yeah. same bit. If I had to choose between Taika Waititi being Korg or King Shark, I'd choose King Shark. But Corg, sure. we already have Korg. and and right. it's I love Taika Waititi, but you look at you know a Jojo Rabbit and you look at him as Korg and it's like he he has he has a bit, and I don't know if yeah. I need that again in <laughs> King Shark. You know what I mean?
0: I wonder if um, because Korg, I remember him saying he was specifically playing him like a New Zealand Maori bouncer. Mm-hmm. Or the nicest guys, but they go, "Hey man, you don't have any shoes on today. Can't let you in the club, man. Not today, man. Just yeah. like super nice, but like, hey, this is this is my shit." And that's how he played Cord. I wonder if his King Shark's gonna sound different, be different. If he is King Shark, you know, people were looking up the history of King Shark and his backstory, and they're like, "Oh, he could come from like like the Pacific Islander region of Earth. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna make him a a, a like a, a South Pacific Asian guy. Like that's what it's it's gonna, they're gonna do." and i think that that would be really smart and could be really cool but yeah maybe if is voicing him maybe taika will have more of like his normal voice instead of like the Korg voice yeah you know or maybe um, it even will be interesting to see
1: maybe even try and do something a little bit more just different just just switch yeah. it up um but mm-hmm. but on paper i'm i'm for it and again i'm i'm excited for that movie we did see a brief scene of him uh eating somebody which is great um uh, but you're right it should be Ron yeah. we we we're on the same page with that one yeah 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 now yeah. we got to get to um arguably because i agree with you yeah. suicide squad was pretty big but arguably the biggest reveal is um uh, matt reeves came out to talk about the batman yeah. um and good good panel good discussion I really you know what was interesting not to not yeah. to rag on my discord a little bit some of them were like really not liking matt reeves and i liked everything he had to say and also like you and i have done interviews uh, yes. and sometimes you have to like pull the stuff out of the person you're interviewing not with Matt Reeves I was like god bless Matt because he was just he was just talking about everything I'm like this is the this is the type of guest you want to have I, where they're just like overflowing yeah. with stuff
0: I did say yesterday that if people haven't listened to his Planet of the Apes commentaries to go back and do that because he did War for the he did uh Dawn of the Planet of the Apes War for the Planet of the Apes and he does his commentaries on both of those are so insightful to the filmmaking process really passionate he talked he talks about his love of the franchise planet of the apes that goes back to his childhood yeah. he talks about it with a way that like that you know um that uh, like John Favreau talks about Star Wars yeah do you know what I mean or the way that Patty Jenkins talks about Wonder Woman like yeah. that comes through with him when he talked about apes and I have seen I have felt that he feels the same way about Batman and the way he was talking about it last night was, uh, I think, I think was super interesting and engaging. And, and um, he's just very, very good at that. Yeah. And again, it did not hurt that he dropped, come on, Batman ego as the yep. like, like Aisha Tyler was throwing some softballs and some mm-hmm. great softball questions from fans, which is great, but she's also like, give us a deep cut, something that um, fans would be surprised that influenced your movie. And I was just so happy that he didn't say Dark Knight Returns, yeah. Killing joke, yep. Batman Classics, Year One. Yeah you know, Long Halloween. Like, those those comics are amazing and they're, they're so great, but, like, that he went to Batman Ego made me go, this guy knows Batman from the comics. Yeah. And that's what's going to be coming through versus a filmmaker who wants to come by and remake a Tim Burton Batman or remake Christopher Nolan Batman Begins. Like, yeah. I want to see guys like that. I want to see James Gunn guys. Yeah. I love Patty Jenkins' love for Wonder Woman. I know that she does not connect to the rest of the DC characters the way that she does to wonder woman. Yeah. So, you know, people have been saying, well, if, if Marvel's got Kevin Feige, you know, who could it be on the DC side? People thought it was Jeff Johns. That didn't work out. Yeah. People were saying Patty Jenkins. Cause wonder woman one was so good. Wonder woman two promises to be great. Like it should be Patty Jenkins. And I go, no, no, no. Cause I know yeah. <laughs> she doesn't give a shit about Superman or Batman. And that's great. That's fine. Yeah. I'm also hoping for Patty, like, like if she wants to do a third wonder woman, please, But if she also wants to produce and go do something else and maybe produce a third Wonder Woman and bring in another great female director to come in and like do another modern day set Wonder Woman, like that's exciting to me too. But in the case of Reeves, I think he really, really, really gets the Batman Gotham comic book world. Yeah, It remains to be seen if this franchise is going to turn into something more. I would love for this not to be another isolated Christopher Nolan trilogy mm-hmm. that comes and goes and that's it. Yep. Um, that sounds like I'm being a real shithead because it's like, Hey, those are great movies. And yep. at the end of the day, these, these should be movies first and foremost. And I agree wholeheartedly, but with the way everything shook out on the other end of the DC franchise, Ben Affleck, Batman is already like an older Batman. Yeah. I know he can still play, but it's like a thing where it's like, this dude's been Batman since the 1990s announced 2020. I want to see Batman interact with, nightwing robin batgirl you know red hood uh with other batman villains with i want to see him fight clayface and mr freeze and poison ivy i want to see him be on the justice league with other characters i want to see him meet booster gold i want to see him talk to plastic man (laughs) if the dceu gave us a batman that's like i'm five days from retirement Okay, what's the what's the game plan here? Marvel Cinematic Universe is like Iron Man died, but we got other Iron People. <laughs> Captain America retired, but he gave his shield. Don't worry, like yeah. they they know the backup. You know they introduced Carol Danvers, and they're like, but we're gonna give you Kamala Khan. Like yeah. they know to set up the, the plant those seeds. So my dream would be that this Batman movie is so cool, yeah. and it feels like a '70s Batman comic, but just set in the modern day. And it feels like there could be elements of Batman, the animated series and going forward. And it feels like it could be like Scott Snyder, Batman court of owls. You know, Um, I want all that feeling, but I want the, I want the universe to be open to, you know, not just Joker, but like Dr. Victor freeze. Yeah. He mutated. And now he's, you know, or could a Robert Pattinson Batman ever meet a new actor who plays Clark Kent Superman? Yes. Could he ever meet a new Diana? Could he ever meet a new, Hal or Barry or Arthur or John Jones, John Jones. I yeah. want to see that, and I hope that Matt Reeves, because of his love of Batman comics, is not going to be somebody like Christopher Nolan, who's like not interested in the rest, yeah. Or a Patty Jenkins, who's like, hey, I'm not, I'm not interested with that stuff. I'm not concerned with that. I'm just into this character. Not to say that Matt Reeves should be the Kevin Feige of a new DC franchise, but like, could he be a John Favreau who sets it up? Yeah. And this could be Iron Man one, and at the end something to the equivalent of a Nick Fury being like, you're part of a bigger, like at the end, something, some reference to Metropolis or references, whatever, um, that could lead to this franchise being the one that is, that feels like DC ground zero, like the DC universe from, from the beginning, which is something that I have never, I feel like I've never really gotten, even in comic books, dude, every time they reset the universe, new 52, It's like, okay, cut to five years later. They've been super. And I'm like, well, I want to see the beginning of everything. I want to see everybody's year one. I want to see everybody, everything kind of merge and mingle and what it could build up to the way that the MCU has basically done that for the most part. Everybody's first adventure. And then they kind of met up later. So uh, as far as the trailer, again, love seeing Jeffrey Wright. Mm -hmm. Super cool, super cool tone. A lot of people were discussing the tone and being like, this feels just like more of dark and gritty for dark and gritty sake. And I'm hoping based off of Planet of the Apes Mm -hmm. that Matt Reeves is really going to give us a character. Yeah, Um, I said this. I said this on the, uh, the trailer reaction I did for Hyper RPG with Adam Lavick and Augustine Rios. You can go watch it. But I was like, I've recently been really into going onto YouTube and looking at people react to movies that they've never seen. Mm -hmm. young people like people younger than us that are like i've never seen alien and they just like watch it and film themselves and there's this one who she's so fantastic this uh this um young woman but she's probably our age never saw iron man and she watched the first iron man movie and to see her connect with the character of tony stark first starting the movie knowing virtually nothing just being like i know iron man marvel the avengers movies like i know that she saw maybe a guardians of the galaxy movie but then she starts with iron man one to see her connect with tony stark And for everything in that movie to just be to just keep coming back to Tony to Tony to Tony, Um, and then by the end for her to be so on board with it, I'm like, that's what I want with Batman more so than people kind of had that with Michael Keaton Batman in Mm -hmm. '89. But you go and watch that today, and you go, this is also there's so many other things happening. It's Jack Nicholson's movie. It's all about the set design. He does get top billing. He does get top billing. Then you cut to Christopher Nolan, and he does a lot of that stuff too. But I think a lot of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies are, are focused on, well, how do we make the concept of Batman real world? And they, they, they go through those hoops of like, okay, well, he's got to order the different parts from here and this and this, and there's great character stuff in there too, but I still feel as though it's, it's difficult to get into the head of Bruce Wayne and to kind of, to kind of know him and see different angles of him. So I'm just, I'm really hoping that this movie can come out and people can go, whoa, I didn't know that about Bruce Wayne. Now I think of him as like a real dude. Yeah. You know? And I can't wait to see Bruce Wayne interact with... I, I'll i say this, I'll and then I'll stop talking, DJ. I'll say this, and then I'll stop talking. If this movie ends with Andy Circus being like, I got tickets to the circus, Master Wayne. I'm going to be like, oh my God. Yeah. Please, just give me a legit Dick Grayson young kid who he adopts in the second one. Yep. And becomes Robin. Like, if I could have a Batman universe where... The director isn't embarrassed by Robin. yeah, Because to me, Robin represents, again, the rest of the DC universe. Because if you can buy the concept of like a 12, a 15, 16-year-old kid who is circus, Cirque du Soleil trained yeah. and is this incredible acrobat, and then he loses his parents, and then Batman's like, you can come and live. You can be with me, man, yeah. and I'll help you through this because I went through it, and I'm fucking Batman. And he yes. goes, oh, my God, that's awesome. I want to be like Robin Hood. And then they do it, and it's and you buy it. That's DC. Because that stupid-ass idea is so great. And it's basically, if you buy that, you can buy everything else. You can buy the Justice League, Superman, the Teen Titans, the Doom Patrol. Everything else, I think, could fall into place. And if this sequel could have Robin, dude, like a real Robin...
1: One hundred percent. I think yeah. you hit right on it. Like if if there's one thing, because I'm with you. Like I want, and I think that's again going back to that's kind of where I like where DC's going is where it's connected. Aquaman and Birds of Prey are connected, but what matters more is their tones don't need to match. Uh, they need they need right. to be their own distinct movies. I like that, and yes. so when they talk about. You know, because we knew Ben Affleck was out. And and my one hope is since we have an older Batman that, like you talked about, kind of like skipping ahead, we can already have Nightwing and we can already have Batgirl and we can already have, uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we can already just be in it and we're not doing that, which is a bummer. Um, My hope was like, listen, Flash is doing time travel shenanigans. I was under the impression, probably naively, that Robert Pattinson's our new guy. He's our new guy. He's the new Batman and he's part of the new... DC universe. And so when they talk about it, it's its own thing, I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. Like I want, I, mean, I want Batman you know? to hang out. We if my perfect version of Batman on his in his own little pocket world, not having to worry about anything else, is the Nolan movies. Got those. They're on lock. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want I want to see him hang out with other people. Like I I, I you know? love seeing Batman and Superman interact. Um, and I would like more of that. Yes, it would be weird. That Batman and and Ezra Miller and Robert Pattinson look the, are the same age. You know what I mean? Like uh yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I I going into this panel, if you'd asked me, I'd been like, I'm kind of Batmaned out. Like I don't really pick up Batman sure. con- not that there's the I don't love the character, not that there's not a lot there. Um he's so consistently ad, ad, adapt- adaptations of him are so consistently solid. I just we've done it. You know what I mean? We've done it. There's so many yeah. great versions of him. I don't need it. I love Matt Reeves, so I'm going to go see
0: it, but I I don't need it. And and also as a Flash fan, like you said earlier, it's a bummer that the only way that the Flash could get trending is when they announce Michael Keaton's coming back or Ben Affleck's coming back. And it's like, well, could we ever build them up and get to a point where the flash could be trending because it's the flash. Yeah. You know which I mean? is what the People, MCU
1: yeah. did such a great job with taking what at the time were, were probably considered C listers and yeah. making them their own to the point where, you know, Iron Man movies make more money than Spider-Man movies, which are my, that's a mind blowing thing. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of Batmaned out, and then as Matt Reeves was talking, I'm like, "Oh, I'm into this! Like, I'm into like we're filming. We're not filming in American cities because we want it to feel like it's its own distinct living place. All this yeah. stuff, the the detective stuff. I'm like, Yes, please!" And then the trailer dropped, and I'm like, "Oh, this! I'm so into this shit! Like, this is such right. a uh, I love crime fiction. I love crime movies, and so the idea of of dropping, which which is kind of what Nolan did with The Dark Knight." Um, but, but even that, when he dropped him, the Batman into a crime movie, it was, it was heat and heat's already kind of a heightened scenario. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. for me that. It's not the opening shot. The opening shot is what I believe is Riddler duct taping guy's face shut. Um, yeah. But the shot of all the cops, Batman walking through the cops. And I love the idea of like no no magic Batman appearing and disappearing shit. He has to walk yeah. through a line of cops and FBI agents. All of them have to look at him and form an opinion about this fucking psycho dressed as a bat uh, as he walks through. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this is great. Like this, this, this notion of... Really trying to navigate when he talked about it being a criminological experiment of like, okay, I've been at this a year. Am I being effective? Is anything I'm doing working? Is Can I be more effective? I, I'm very into all that. I think just like Tom Holland, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody better suited to play Spider-Man. Um, mm-hmm. I think Robert Pattinson was genetically engineered to play Bruce Wayne. Um, <laughs> uh, and he, he's like
0: a super intense, young, good looking dude. <laughs> yeah. a super intense,
1: good looking. He just looks it's almost similar to like John Bernthal as is Punisher. Yep. If you just yep. pull a random panel of Punisher and put it up to John Bernthal, you're like, yeah, that's the fucking Punisher. You pull yep. any random panel of Bruce Wayne. It's like, well, he looks like Robert Pattinson. That's what he looks like. Yep. Um, yep. And so uh, even stuff, the only thing that didn't, completely land for me in the trailer when he was like i am vengeance i'm like okay (laughs) that that was a little weird
0: every they cut away what if after that he said i am the knight yeah i am batman and then kept like and then
1: just kept beating the shit out of people and everything (laughs) even like i know that when they talked about like a spin-off a gcpd series people were like oh is it the right time for that when he was talking about it he's like no this is about a corrupt GCPD and being in that corrupt system. It made me think of, I know the Netflix shows were like, we're like the wire with superheroes, which don't ever do that to yourself. You're just, yeah. we're like the best thing ever, but with superheroes, don't you're setting the bar too high for yourself. You need to uh, lower expectations. Yeah. But it did make me think of, because um, I, I started rewatching the wire recently. And it was a reminder of like, what, what that show is about is, you know, a lot of shows have a have a heightened premise or they're like, what if scenario the wires, what if scenario is what if, a group of good cops actually tried to do their job. Like that that's the big yeah. highfalutin <laughs> idea. Cause the system, the system they're working in is so oppressive yeah. and so and works so hard against them to actually accomplishing anything or or actually yeah. reducing crime in any way. I was like, yeah, if you took that and then meanwhile, you just have reports. He never shows up. They're not gonna get fucking Robert patents in the show up on a fucking TV show. But you see yeah. reports of like, yeah, there's a guy dressed up as a fucking bat beating the shit out of people. You're like, well, what the,
0: what, it's, uh, what are we even doing listen, now? Man, I, I bet you in the future of HBO max, I bet you, you could get a Robert Pattinson cameo, a cameo. Episode one, if they, if they could yeah. get Nick Fury to cameo in episode one of agents of shield. Yep.
1: Which was nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah. No,
0: I, you're I right. think it's possible. I think it's, I think you're right. I think hearing him talk about the TV show, I, it's crazy because after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., after after since 2013, the CWDC TV shows have also been incredibly successful. We still have not gotten the promise of movie project, TV show project, them actually being connected, yeah. and them actually uh, impacting one another. And the idea was supposed to be Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was going to do that to the movies, but nothing in the movies ever reflected Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. We got a Jarvis cameo in Endgame, which is great. Yep. None of the Daredevil stuff impacted the movies. No,
1: Peggy Carter's the only one that counts.
0: (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Apparently. Um, The, uh, you know, I said this again over on Hyper RPG, but like when they announced Stephen Amell was going to play Green Arrow and later Grant Gustin was going to play The Flash in the Green Arrow show and then his own spinoff, it would have been my dream if Warner Brothers then said, and also these two actors are going to play them in the Justice League movie. Like they're connected to Man of Steel and we're just going to go. But that's never happened. So this being something where a TV show could come out and, and, and show us the perspective of this world in year one of Batman being active. And then the movie, the Batman is like six months later or a year later or whatever. And, and how that, and, and is it the right time for a cop show? I don't know, but I think a great workaround is like you have Batman have to exist because of the corruption, corruption in the police force It's I think such a brilliant way not that he doesn't already do that, but a way to modernize the Batman to, to reflect what's happening right now today. Yeah. To, to, I think even to get us to accept a rich white billionaire who is working outside the law Yeah, to be like, are we really, can we, but if he shows up and he's like, look at how, look at how messed up the cops are in Gotham. Um, and to have the Jeffrey Wright Gordon be the only, like the only one that's like trying to be good. Yeah. Maybe he gets Renee Montoya. Maybe he gets Harvey Bullock, who's still an asshole by the way. Yeah. Um I'm watching Batman the animated series like I said and every time a Harvey Bullock episode comes up I love Harvey Bullock but my roommate Keller's like this guy sucks <laughs> and I'm like no he's a, he's a good cop though and Keller's like no he's not he lied and I went yeah you're right shit like he is a bad cop <laughs> yeah. he's just not corrupt he's just bad <laughs> right right so yeah exactly so, so, listen um, the
1: bar's low all right we got we got to take what we can get no but i think but if, you're i think yeah. you're right because um something i've always thought with you know, when people are like, well, why doesn't Batman just give his stuff to the cops? I'm like, there's such an easy out for that. If somebody just asks Batman that in the comics or in the shows and he just turns mm-hmm. on the news and like any cop yeah. related yeah. incident, he's like, oh, you want me to give these guys a tank? No, I'm yeah. OK. That's all right. We yeah. don't need that. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, yep. It is. Uh, ba- Batman does need need some adjusting on his own because he is rolling around in a yeah. tank.
0: And and also take it a step further. And it's like, why wouldn't Batman as a billionaire? Bruce Wayne, give a bunch of money to lower income neighborhoods in Gotham. Yes. And then it's like, you know what? Why don't you show me the process of that trying to happen? Yes. Why don't you show me how his billionaire friends respond, how the people who work for his company that are also handling his money, like respond to that, how they allow it or don't allow it. Yeah. How, as soon as that starts to happen, how those neighborhoods become targeted by like to become more policed. Yep. Like all of that can still work to justify the crazy, comic book idea of Batman the vigilante while still strengthening like that's why we need Batman yeah. you know this could be like the skyfall of the batman movies where skyfall had to prove why james bond should be a thing mm-hmm. while being a james bond movie this could be the this could be the one that proves why batman needs to be a thing
1: absolutely and i think i think what makes something um, stand out, even though you've had like a billion Batman movies or whatever, is asking those questions. Like, like again, what what would happen if Batman actually had to walk around the cops uh, and they had to react to him? Um, yeah. What would happen if Bruce Wayne actually decided to give his money to to lower income communities in in a real? socio and economical living city like mm-hmm. to the point where you know they were matt reeves was joking he was like he was like well you know the one thing he got advice robert Penson got advice from christian bale was that he needs to relieve himself <laughs> and it got me thinking i was like and it, it's kind of a joke but kind of not really it's i have we ever seen batman have to relieve himself on his nightly patrol no and i think even as silly as that that's a that's something that will ground the character he has yeah. to, he has to pee. He's out yeah. eight hours a night. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah. does he do? Yeah, uh, does he just does find he a go
0: off for two hours and then come home? Like, what's he? Does get?
1: he find a corner on a roof? Is there a gross <laughs> like uh, uh, pot yeah. in the back of the Batmobile? Like. Yeah, uh, I think those are the things that, that <laughs> ground and and make the character more relatable. But the uh, yeah. the trailer got me incredibly excited. I I think it's smart to take the Riddler in this direction of of yep. a, a serial killer or that with a message, kind of a la Seven or or one of those types of movies. Um we got a little bit of um penguin, we got a little bit of I can't I don't have the actor's name in front of me. The actor that's playing the commissioner before commissioner Gordon who looks exactly like Russell Crowe that tripped me out like when they showed like the oh, big conference yeah. with the guy I'm like is that Russell? What the fuck? Oh yeah. Um and uh yeah, I think I I was interested, but I wouldn't say
0: excited for this movie. Now I'm very excited for this movie. Me too. Again, like I said, I just hope that it's not an isolated I, I I trust I just trust Matt Reeves because that trailer was definitely you know a lot of people pointed out and I thought it was an awesome trailer but a lot of people were like this is just seven with Batman you yeah. know what is it unique what what is it about Batman the uniqueness of Batman that's coming through in this trailer and i like I said I'm chalking it up to like dude they filmed a quarter of the movie so far yeah. and it's it, it and I'm hoping it's a movie that's going to be hard to trailerize yeah and it could just be something that the tone of this very seventies thriller cop thriller is all they focused on in this one and that a future trailer. And when they can get back to filming and stuff that, that it feels more Batmany. Yeah. Um, Cool. Yeah, but and, uh, and, also very excited.
1: And you mentioned Planet of the Apes. uh Matt Reeves kind of turned that franchise into an honest to God. Not that the original Planet of the Apes movies aren't great, but like uh Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the planets are honest to God cinema. Like they're 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 they're, they're movies. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, with sure. ideas and and characters, they made me care about a CG ape. Like uh, and yep. I and I would argue Koba is still one of the best modern villains in a movie. Oh, um, human yeah. work. Human work. It's a yeah. it's a. A tremendous moment and a great performance by Toby Campbell. But uh, so I am very looking forward to this. I I want to also mention Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman looks great. The the, little we got of that.
0: Cool. So good.
1: Very cool. Quick reminder before we wrap everything up. This was actually a super special episode that was extra long and we had to cut it down for time. If you want the full discussion, you can listen to that at patreon.com slash only stupid answers you can listen to the audio version or watch the video version depending on which tier you choose so please go check that out at patreon.com slash only stupid answers so great always having you on the show such a blast talking to you um uh where remind the kids at home where they can find you what the, and what you're up to
0: you got it check out uh check me out on twitter and instagram at hector is funny and you can watch new episodes of a tv show called correctamundo nice. on the el ray network where I'm hosting. It's a fun movie trivia thing, movie trivia thing where uh, people come on and, and um, points don't really matter. It's really fun, I promise, and really cool. And uh, <laughs> so check that out. And that's it. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I've seen uh, you uh, posting stuff about Correcto some friends of this show, like Steve Garza Zero goes and stuff showing up on it. It looks uh, really yeah. fun.
0: Steve brings his slide whistle. Steve's a hoot. Steve's yes. a real hoot. Yeah, he, he sure is. He
1: sure is. <laughs> Man, thank you for coming on. I want to thank everybody for watching live. If you also want to watch, watch these episodes live, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. You can follow me at DJTalksTrash, and you can follow the show at Only Stupid Answers. Yank out the vowels on stupid on Twitter um and we'll tune in next week we got more episodes coming your way and we have lovecraft country reviews on youtube at youtube.com slash only stupid answers we'll see you all next time Bye bye